0: Talking about, uh, we started in this last hour, uh, carrying it over to this hour is uh, this discussion on civic organizations. And I am curious if you volunteer for any civic organizations, or maybe you quit, maybe you kind of fell away from it. Bad experience, good experience, that's fine too. Um, they, the the erosion of membership in these types of civic organizations, though, I think is uh, it's a problem, and I think it is largely due to the uh, encroachment of government into the civil society versus the public society, right? You have your public sphere, and because like associations isn't like the private sphere, because you're engaging with other members of the public and that sort of thing, so this sort of civil sphere, if you will. There was uh, a book that uh, was named, uh, or is named, the title is Never a Matter of Indifference, Sustaining Virtue in a Free Republic. And this book came out, it's a it's a compilation of uh, a, a bunch of different essays, if you will. And it offers a clear and accessible discussion of issues that have been with America since the founding. Like, the opening section is devoted to theoretical considerations. It has essays... Um, Talking about uh, the relationship between liberty and virtue. Um, talking, there's a, there are essays about uh, the 1960s uh, transforming liberalism into a sort of religion, which was paradoxically organized around the collective advancement of individualism, like things, it's, uh, you know, ideas like this. And this is where, and there, uh, where I found this essay in this book called "Never a Matter of Indifference." an essay by David Davenport and Hannah Skandera. And it's on civic associations. And again, this is from 20 years ago. So keep in mind, this is before the rise of smartphones. So I don't know if that matters or the impact of all of that. I I really don't. Um, But what they are describing in in this piece is historical, obviously, up to the year 2004. And they are making this connection between the rise of government at a national level and the the shrinking of civic organizations. I'll explain uh, some of their uh, their points here in a minute, or I'll bring to you some of their points in a minute. First, let's talk with Stan. Hello, Stan. Welcome to the program. How are you?
1: Hi, Pete. How are you doing? I'm all right, when sir. What's started, going on? When you started talking about this, I thought about Gretchen Whitmore recently, I and they put out this thing in Michigan where they're asking residents to help with relocation needs due to the border crisis, like meet the families at the airport, yeah. help enroll their kids in school, help find employment for adults, all that kind of stuff, and make a commitment. And my question is, if that will work for migrants and illegals, why won't it work for the illegals that are already here? Why don't we just do that all the time?
0: You could. I mean, there's nothing that's stopping anybody from, I mean, and there are organizations that have, cre- have been created to do that very thing. Sure. Churches do that, right? Um, there's nothing that stops anybody from doing this stuff on their well, own.
1: Nothing, but, but 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 then people don't, because the, uh, but what I've thought about all the time when I pass my homeless on the street, look at them and go, hey, dude, I already gave to the government. Go to one of their offices. i got stuff to do. Well, that's... You know what I mean? Well, this is one of the,
0: Yeah, so the, the, the corollary there, or the analogy to me, is um, public radio and public television, where... The government funds uh, their uh, operations to a large extent, and then they'll, they'll tell you, "Oh, it's only you know two percent or something like that." Yeah, well, two percent of a billion dollar budget. I know you know any radio station I've ever worked at would love to have an extra two percent on the bottom line. You know, um, right? But but back in the eighties, remember, it was way more of the the money coming to public broadcasting was coming from the government, and Reagan got rid of that, and everybody said it was going to be the death of public radio and public television. And it wasn't. Why? Because now the audience had to cough up the money to keep their operations alive. Right. And, right. So there's personal responsibility now. You have, now it's like if you want this thing, you're going to have to participate. You don't get to just offload the responsibility to somebody else, which I think is right. what you're talking about with a homeless right. person.
1: Right. Correct. In, in, other, in other words, get the government out all together and just let people donate. And I've often thought about it, even with, uh, Healthcare. If, if, instead of doing that, why don't you why don't you just give people tax deductions to donate when hospitals are run short? Give give tax deductions for people to donate their money uh, and get the tax write off for it mm-hmm. for it. And then what then what, what is you wouldn't have you wouldn't have people who couldn't afford to go. You could have free market healthcare.
0: Sure there and there are programs I've heard of over the years that do something similar where doctors will get a reduction in their malpractice insurance rates if they donate time at a local clinic right there, yeah yeah, there are all sorts of there there are all sorts of ways that people can figure out ways to get the care to the people that need it um and, th-
1: and, th- and this way, the people who can afford to do it would help, but you wouldn't tax a lot of people into poverty who can't afford it
0: right. Right. Well, and, and because, again, it's it's, you know, at a government level, it is uh, it is control. Uh, it's, you know, under the guise of, quote, helping people. And they say, oh, you're doing yeah, a good cool. job. Look at your nonprofit. You're doing good work. So then the government will come in and give you a grant. And the, what happens is the longer you as a nonprofit uh, take those grants, the more dependent on them you become. And now you start focusing your your personnel and your mission towards winning grants every year because if you don't get the grants, you're now not going to be able to keep doing what you've been doing and growing as you've been growing and more and more and more of your time and effort gets spent writing grants and complying with those regulations. And then now you're on there, you know, once you get on the hook, now you got to follow all of their rules. Um, yeah. And, and that, and, and now the nonprofit is not as nimble. Um, and it can't adjust. It can't make changes. It can't innovate because it's trying to keep their, uh, funding sources alive and that's that's a problem it's been a problem for a very long time so All
1: right good love to show Pete Thank
0: thanks you. Dan I appreciate the call um no uh, these are these are good questions and, and this is like the robbing it, the same argument occurs in um welfare work you know balance like at what point does the uh does the safety net become a hammock right that's the challenge And so when you, ever since LBJ and the Great Society, we've been pouring all of this money into these types of programs. And what has been the result? You know, poverty has not been eliminated. Civic associations, rather, play a distinctive and vital role in a democratic society, developing core virtues and values that enable individuals to contribute to public life and maintain the political institutions of a free society. So I say civic organizations are foundational to our existence, right? The breaking of bonds between individuals at a citizen individual level because we are no longer associating with, our, with each other in these organizations or in churches, whatever the organization, whatever the civic organization might be. We're not engaging with our fellow citizens. And that is what is eroding the democracy, So I keep saying when people I had a discussion about this with some friends a couple of weeks ago and they, you know, start talking trash about Donald Trump. And and I said, Trump is a symptom. He's not the cause. And them being of the left. They had never heard such a thing before. And they didn't want to hear when I start talking about the erosion of virtue in the society. And they didn't want to hear when I mentioned Bill Clinton, they didn't want to hear it. Ah, it's got nothing to do it's not the same at all it is the same it's of a different degree it's a difference without distinction that's all like you're 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 arguing you're saying you want this person to be a better moral person yet you had no problem when these other people acting immorally were your people and then you gave them all a pass right he is a symptom when because we were talking about the moral the morality of Trump right like he's a symptom he is what we allow right as with all politicians, they are a reflection uh, of us. That's why I say we get the government we deserve. Right, our society elects these people, all of them—the good ones, the bad ones—they are are literally our representatives. <laughs> all right, let's uh, uh, let's get Mike on the program. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the show.
2: Yes, sir. I just have a question for you. Okay. Okay, Commissioner Hsu of Cabarrus County just sent me an email, says, I have anger management issues because I challenged the fact they want to spend $1 billion in new school funding for illegal aliens. They doubled our property valuations, and I'm just supposed to go along with that. So I looked at how to recall a commissioner, and I looked it up and said there was something there. I emailed the elections commissioner, and they said, oh, no, there's nothing. I sent you emails covering all this. So I would love for somebody out there in hinterland to sit there and say, is there a way to recall commissioners in the state of North Carolina when I found the statute? And why can't we recall somebody for wanting to double our valuations to pay for illegal aliens' new schools, so I, I, and why I, is that a anger management issue? All
0: right. So first off, I don't believe there is a way to recall elected officials in North Carolina. I, I just
2: sent you an email.
0: I have not received an email uh, from you. Well, <laughs> but but so the email is pete at the dot com. I did send that. Okay, did you spell my name right? Because a lot of times people don't spell my name correctly.
2: Well, uh, t- you got my first email. I
0: got your first email? Yeah. Civic or... No, According I don't... Your, your name staff. is Mike. I've received no email from Mike.
2: You received... My first name is James Gordon.
0: I don't see an email from James either. But anyway, so I, I'll keep looking. Did you... And Because, like... The Pete at the Pete calendar show email that's my email so i I'm not aware of any email i've gotten from you on this topic I'm looking at my email account right now I don't see it but um, I'm not aware of uh, i've always been under the uh, uh, under the assumption that uh, not assumption I've been told that North Carolina does not allow for the recall of elected officials there's there's no way to do that the you do that through the the elections through the ballot box. Now, if we wanted to try to make that happen, uh, to have, you know, a recall of elected officials, um, then, yeah, you could try to, you know, run legislation to get that changed at the state level. But as far as I know, like, if you've got some other statute uh, to send my way, then I'll be on the lookout for it. Uh, but, yeah, again, I sent you.
2: I did. Okay, I'm, not, you I, that. I, I, you I'm telling you, you I haven't
0: got Mike. I'm Mike. I'm telling you, I haven't gotten it. I'm looking at my email right now, and I have not received your email. I don't know what else to tell you about that. so then now the question though, the first thing that you raised was that you went down did you go to like a school board meeting uh or a county I commission meeting and, and address this I and raise this the issue? Commissioner's meeting: You went to the meeting, okay, and then at the meeting, I spoke. what's that?: I spoke at the meeting. okay when and when was you can that? See it on YouTube. right. when was that? That
2: was a few days ago. So like Monday or Tuesday? I believe it When did we go? Yeah, it was Monday or Tuesday. Okay. I'd have to look and see. It's on YouTube.
0: Yeah, well that's that would be my next thing to do is to go check and see uh and how you uh how you addressed the commissioners. If they're sending you an an email in response to something you've sent them, uh you know were you yelling at them at the at the meeting
2: no I sent the I sent Commissioner Hsu asking why he was wanting to pay one billion dollars for new schools for illegal aliens he didn't refute it he just said how can we sit there and ignore all these illegal aliens coming into our county we have to educate them and I sent you that email
0: I know you keep saying that, Mike. I haven't gotten it. I, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, so the so uh, Commissioner Shu was taking an affirmative position that we have to build schools for illegal aliens. Yes, sir. All right. And so then you and you what I'm assuming you raised your voice at him or something, or else why would he say that you need anger management
2: classes? I sent an email. You can't raise your voice on an email.
0: So he so this wasn't even about your appearance
2: no this was a reply this was a response to an email did you and use I a lot really of your you, staff said that they got them
0: your staff said that you got them but who who's yes, staff? sir whose staff
2: your staff my staff? The people that I talked to the first time on the last hour that told me to call back, Yeah. they gave me your name, I wrote it down, yeah. when I put it in email, it came up in correct email, so I sent it to that. Uh-huh. When I called back, they sit there and said, Oh, yeah, you're that guy. You had called
0: in the last hour? Yes, sir. Right. That's what they had said. Yeah, you're that guy. You called in the last hour. We told you to send an email. You sent an email. I'm telling you I have not received your email. I brought you onto the onto the show to ask you about these topics that you raised, but I have not received your email. So uh, so you can keep telling me that you sent it, and that's fine, and then I will never see whatever it was that you sent. Or you can try to send me the email again, Pete at the Pete dot com. We can try that again. Well...
2: P E P-E-T-E T E at P E T E K A L. No, no,
0: no, 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 see, no, Pete at the Pete Calendar Show dot com.
2: So it has to have the in it. It does. Yeah,
0: that's the website.
2: Oh, lovely! Why in the world did email accept it then? All right. Yeah. Well, it may. Uh,
0: it may. It, it may. That's all right. It may bounce back at you like in another like twelve hours <laughs> or something. Like it's going to keep trying to send it for a long time, and at some point, if it doesn't get delivered, it will eventually bounce back to you as undeliverable. And sometimes that could take like a day, which is weird to me, but I, I've well. had that happen.
2: I will make I will make sure and put at the, yeah. the calendar. Yeah, yeah, right, right, because it has to be yes, the. Sir, I'm terribly sorry. No,
0: it's okay. It's all right, and uh, yeah, and make sure you capitalize the because that's how I prefer. Uh, it. That's my pronoun. The, the has to be capitalized. I'm just kidding. You don't have to capitalize it. All right, I got to run, Mike. Thank you for the call. I will look for your email. All right, hey, maybe you have heard by now, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to North Carolina. It's coming soon. On March 11th, to be exact, DraftKings is one of America's top rated sports books with same game parlays, money lines, and props. The best features like Odds boost and live betting and social betting groups where you can share your bets with your friends in real time. DraftKings is safe, it's secure and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. And it all starts on March 11th. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and then place your bets on your favorite sports once it goes live. And again, it goes live on March 11th. And now here's the disclaimer gambling problem call 877-718-5543 or visit morethanagame.nc.gov 21 plus north carolina only eligibility restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements and see terms at draftkings.com slash sportsbook slash nc tony says i sent you an email i'm glad we weren't playing this drinking game on that last call oh i guess you're playing a drinking game about sending the email I have received the email. Now, I have received it. I have not read through it yet, but I have received it. It is in the inbox. Um, This this is from Keen, who says, Mike slash James is all in a tizzy, but he's ignorant to the fact that property valuations were raised, not necessarily doubled, uh, but that the property tax rates will be lowered in conjunction. So did I, I? I confess I do not know. Did Cabarrus County keep them revenue neutral? Did they do that? That's what it sounds like. Yes. If you do the well, here's the thing. Like from a dollar from a dollar standpoint, right? You can it, it, when you do the revals, you're now saying my property went from hundred thousand dollars up to two hundred thousand dollars in value, right? So now. You're charging more money at that, uh, at that tax rate. So what a lot of counties will do is they say, yes, your values went up, so then we're going to reduce the tax rate to make it revenue neutral. And that will mean that if I was paying, you know, let's say $1,000 on a $100,000 house, you revalue me to $200,000, the rate would put me at $2,000 taxes for a $200,000 house. So then they say no, no, but we'll cut the tax rate in half, and that'll take you back down to thousand dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar house. The problem is that it's not as clean as that in practice. There are some ha- there are some places, some homes, some properties that will be that will go up in value more than the two hundred k, and there are some properties that will not go up as much as the two hundred k. Right. So depending on where you are and what your house is and the valuation you could end up getting charged more in property taxes. So it's not as clean as that. But if they did a revenue neutral um tax rate, then yes, it wouldn't be it shouldn't be a complete doubling. Um but I don't know what the data is yet. So I'm just that's just high level stuff. Um do, do, the purpose isn't to fund education for illegal immigrant children, the purpose is to provide for a balanced budget. The guy is unhinged and forms opinions without accurate understanding of the facts. He's just Purely an inflammatory troll. Mike slash James and his facts are as cloudy as his ability to use email. Okay, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not helpful. Um, I have the email. I'm flagging it. See, I got a little flag on it and everything. Oh, and I'm going to put a pin in it. So it's now stuck at the top of my inbox, so I will not lose it. Um, <clears throat> John says... Anybody who has been paying attention since twenty twenty should know that home values have doubled, if not more in the last four years. They should not be shocked that their tax value has gone up as well. Yeah, this has been happening all across uh, uh, all across the area, all across the state. Over to John here. Hello, John, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey yes.
1: doing fine hope you are. Hey, um, I had an idea how to fund the government, make it competitive. I know it'll never work, but given your geniosity, I wanted to see what you had to say about it.
0: And you know what we always say here, there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. So we are under the cone, so let it rip.
1: I'm honored. Uh, Hey, um, just think, if every taxpayer could uh, dedicate uh, their taxes to a specific government agency, Mm. where some would go defense, some might go to, of course, social programs but the the government programs themselves would then be competing for the funds. Yeah. And therefore you're introducing competition into the element of government. You um, could
0: do a deal where it's like you don't even have to get granular on it. You could just say do you want your you know, like the different departments like the like the congress they're supposed to do 12 appropriations bills so you could have like those 12 areas and have your money go to you know military or defense or um, you know, HHS that sure. kind of thing. Yeah, I like it. All right, R- run with it. See what you can do. Let me know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not optimistic, John. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm still working to get votainer as a word that people use. You know, and I haven't even gotten my colleagues here at the station to adopt it yet. So
1: I'll help you if you help me. All right,
0: that sounds fair. That sounds fair. I appreciate it, John. Thank you, sir. That sounds fair. Votainer instead of the instead of the word vote getter use the word votainer I am the trailblazer here I recognize that I have somewhat limited value who has the most value the early adopters the first follower and then the second follower the earlier that creates the preference cascade and that's how we change the language it's science All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart carolina readiness supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in waynesville and always at carolina com. veteran owned carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out so as i was saying um there's this uh essay written by david davenport and (laughs) skandera um from 2004 talking about civic associations Um, I don't know how much I'll be able to get to. I'm giving you the highlights. Uh, The essay runs about 25 pages, and I read through it uh, this morning, and just to give you a couple of the highlights. They say, Even today, leaders of emerging democracies understand that civic associations and the qualities of mind and character that they encourage are an essential part of the infrastructure of a thriving, free society. In the last decade, however, scholars have expressed concerns about whether civic associations in America have been altered or weakened. Two major national studies have examined the problem, calling for a renewal of civic engagement and voluntary associations. Some wonder whether old forms of civic association are giving way to new and different ones. More on that in a minute. Appreciation of the historic relationship of three topics, uh, civic associations, public policy, And virtues and uh, values, virtues and values. Those are the three um, independent and voluntary associations of civic life, okay? Civic associations, public policy, so politics, government, that sort of thing, and virtues. These are all crucial to self-government. Civic associations in America are a critical source of social capital, or which is defined as... uh, those features of social organizations like networks, norms, social trust that facilitate coordination and cooperation for mutual benefit. This is, I would submit that what we are seeing right now as as part of this breakdown in our society is actually a result of the breakdown of civic associations. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Nobody's connected anymore in ways that aren't political. That's why, Everything has become political. Alexis de Tocqueville thought that the art of association was critical because it counteracted wayward democratic tendencies. They say uh, providing it provides critical lessons in discipline and cooperation. Right? So you see this all the time. I see it. I saw it just this week on the Facebook group for the HOA. Somebody yelling and screaming at his neighbors, it's like, how do you think that that's going to be received? Do you think that your demands are going to now be met? No, you've now just angered them, and they're now going to fight you. Association contributes to the moral virtue among citizens, including respect for others, self-restraint, public spiritedness, and the willingness and ability to participate in the give and take of self-government which is what the federalist papers argued democracy depends upon to a particularly high degree right we are yes we are a constitutional republic but we elect people based on these right these democratic ideals and you the way you uh, uh the way you can train people how to interact with each other in the democracy The way you train people is by having them participate in these civic associations. However, something happened. Along the way, um, after World War II, we saw, uh, due, due to the Great Society era of the 1960s, saw large expansions of domestic and social programs in America with a concomitant shift in the role of civic organizations and in their dependence upon government. And they talk about their uh, different ways that um, this happened, uh, that the government legislated funding and with it attempts to regulate and control membership. Because if you take the federal money, you know, as they did after World War II, um, you're now under their rules. The Great Society agenda included civil rights legislation, which in turn was followed by anti discrimination laws at the state and local level. And then whether or not it was intended, those laws became tools by which public policy could regulate the membership of voluntary associations. Famous case 1984 Roberts versus the JCs, you couldn't say I don't want so I don't want a certain group of people to be in my uh civic organization. Couldn't do that anymore. Right? That's discrimination. And then there there's case law built up all around that. Also, you had the rise of NGOs. Uh-huh. The NGOs came about because frustration with bureaucracy, non-responsive policy players uh, led to the creation of civic associations that had a single issue focus, a political focus to keep the money coming. And that gave rise to NGOs. See what I mean? all right that'll do it for this episode thank you so much for listening i could not do the show without your support and the support of the businesses that I advertise on the podcast so if you'd like please support them too and tell them you heard it here you can also become a patron at my patreon page or go to the dot again thank you so much for listening and uh, don't break anything while i'm gone